0: Hey, this is Joel Oates, lead pastor of Real Life Church, and you're listening to Beyond the Sermon. Each week, we get the opportunity to dig just a little bit deeper into Sunday's message and offer a little bit more truth and clarity to what was spoken and how it can benefit both you and me in our daily walk with Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us. We're so glad you're here. Let's jump in.
1: Hey everyone, this is Pastor Roy. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Sermon podcast. I am joined today with Pastor Caleb, our young adults pastor. Caleb, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you. Hey everyone, glad to be here and I'm excited to be on the podcast. Well, Caleb, and I'm sure our listeners will agree, Sunday was an incredible weekend. I uh, Hats off to you, by the way, who uh, you and your team led an incredible worship service. But Pastor Joel brought once again another great message from the book of Ephesians. And he started his message just talking about the kind of compare and contrast of the first half of Ephesians, Ephesians 1 through 3, with the second half, which is what he started off Sunday with Ephesians 4. And one of the things he said simply was that, Ephesians 1 through 3 are really all about what God has done for us. And then he said Ephesians 4 through 6 is sort of this message of, okay, because now God did all of that for us, in response to that, this is how we now should live. I heard someone smarter than me say that it's, it's really my daily practical life should match my spiritual position. One of the things Pastor Joel said right at the top of his message was he challenged everyone in in the crowd that day, whether they were online or in person, that, hey, don't rely on Sunday. Don't let Sunday be the only place that the Bible feeds you. That we all should be daily Bible readers, and you know, I, thankfully, I've had that discipline for for years now, and and I appreciate it. But I want to ask you, or to to go somewhere with me, because you challenged us in our staff meeting with something that was so meaningful. In that a way that you have recently sort of changed your daily Bible discipline, if you will, can you share that again for us? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I
2: kind of have the same experience, maybe history of I'm a I'm a list person. I'm you know I'm a routine person, and so typically when I think about and when I would practice my daily Bible reading, like Pastor Joel challenges too, because I do think that it absolutely is a necessity and it's important. um, It was always through that lens of okay, what's my passage for the day that I'm supposed to read. What's my, what are, how many verses am I supposed to read today? You know, let me do my, my yearly Bible, read the Bible in a year. And uh, honestly, I love those and they were easy for me because it was in my, it was in my comfort zone and it was, let me check off my task. Let me, let me check off my list of, of what I'm supposed to read today. And um, man, really, like I was sharing in our staff meeting really maybe over the last year or so um, I've really been challenged uh, that just because that's part of my, and really because it is. In my comfort zone that it really can become about checking off a list and just doing what i'm supposed to do and then i go on about my day and i found myself reading my bible but not meditating on scripture like we're called to do um not you know i would i would read it in those 15 minutes that morning and then not think about it the rest of the day and i, I really kind of was challenged by some other people but really just challenged myself to change some things up and so i I started to alter my daily reading time, and, and instead of making it about getting through a passage or reading a certain number of verses or something like that, um, I started to practice, uh, man, maybe, maybe taking just one small passage, maybe even just one verse— But meditating on that and really trying to, um, you know, like it says in Psalms, what it means to hide God's word in my heart, like really, really focus on that um, for days at a time, you know, like multiple days. Like I would pick one passage of scripture, but read the same passage for a week at a time. Or um, I, I shared in our staff meeting, I was reading through Matthew chapter five and the Beatitudes, and I just got on the first one. It, just one verse that Jesus challenges us with, and man, I've been reading and trying to meditate on that verse for a week now, um, and every wow. day, you know, just one, just one verse. Mm. But what it's done is it's really challenged me to not just read the verse, not just read my Bible, but then to do what you're talking about—to go and live it out. Like, okay, I'm gonna keep coming back to this verse until I can see and 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 see how it's i'm practically living out it how is how is it affecting my life on a daily basis and that's been hard for me it's been difficult because i am a um check it off the list let's make some progress let's keep things moving you know kind of personality and and um that's what i'm used to so it hasn't been easy it's been difficult but man there's been some rich times of really truly what i think of as meditating on the word of god Um, really letting it plant itself in my heart um, and then really focusing on the practical side of living it out and having that be a part of my life all throughout the day and not just the first 15 minutes in the morning.
1: Wow. Again, that is such a challenge. And, you know, Joel said early on that, hey, our, our life as a Christ follower, this Christian faith that we are living, is not just about doing it's really about being and any doing should flow out of that being. But man, I'm, I, it sounds like I'm wired like you. The easiest thing for me is to have the list and check the boxes. And so maybe for some listeners out there that uh, would agree with both of us, that that's the easier thing, maybe I, I could give them sort of a hybrid approach, which is kind of my, my daily approach. I, I still have that daily list of reading that I quote check off uh, that might offend some of our listeners, but that's that's the truth of it. But I have recently begun doing the the soap uh, devotional system, where you pick one scripture and you make an observation, and then pray about an application. And that's that gives me that meditative quality that again the Bible talks about. Right, the psalmist says in Psalm one that we are blessed, and he goes on to list a number of things in this short psalm, and one of those is. We meditate in His law or in His word day and night. So certainly, it's it's a discipline that we all should have. And I appreciated you challenging the staff with that. And uh, I'm I'm going to take that challenge and and try to even ramp up what I have been doing uh, so that I don't feel so obligated to check so many boxes. Yeah, right?
2: and, and you know what else it did for me? It was a uh, it was difficult, but it was freeing for me because if I had a day where you know maybe something happened crazy with the kids i didn't i didn't get to have my normal time that morning uh, reading my bible whatever well then i would feel bad because i i didn't I, d- I didn't read my passage i was supposed to read that day and and then you know then i'm trying to play catch up and and it, it just made it so easy to become all about the task and um trying it a different way where it wasn't about just checking off or, or getting through the passage for the day but Man, taking the time and, man, Psalm 1, I love Psalm 1. Let me take a week and just read Psalm 1 every day. And it really, it was freeing for me, and it freed me up to from that um, that burden of I have to read my Bible every day. And it made me really start to approach it in a different way of, man, I, I love what God is saying. Let me see what all he's trying to say to me in this. And just going back to it over and over and over again and uh, and really learning to meditate on it.
1: Yeah, so for fun, have you done the uh, Bible study technique where you read the verse over and over, and each time you read it, you emphasize a different word? Have you used that technique? I have
2: done that before, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's amazing what sort of revelation comes out of a one single verse of Scripture when you do that, you know, that... If, if you emphasize the first word versus the second and so forth. So yeah, well again, man, good stuff. Well, another thing, you know, pastor Joel talked to us about Sunday was he brought in where Jesus compared us to and commanded us to being salt and light. And, Pastor Joel did a great job of explaining the difference there of, of salt being sort of the, the truth part of that, right? That that we get saltier the more scripture and more truth and 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 theology, if you will, that we have, but yet we can't stop there. The the call is to also be a light to the world, not just truth-bearers that, but light sharers, if you will. And once again, it it has me questioning. Okay, Roy, which of those comes easier to you? You know, what is the default habit that I fall back on? And for me personally, and I'm curious, Caleb, what you would say to this, but I find it easier to at least kind of lean toward thinking I'm of a better light bearer. That might sound uh, uh, patting myself on the back, but really it's it's kind of critical in in the way that I'm thinking about it because I'm non-confrontational. And so man i'm less apt to point out truth to you and to to you know to help you understand what the bible might say i'm willing to go there right and i've done it countless times but really my uh, my default personality is hey let me um let me live before them the way they need to live you know maybe by my example by my model they maybe then they'll be moved to to change so i'm just i'm just curious that's kind of my default what what's easier of those for you salt or light
2: no, as you were talking, um, I found myself nodding along because, again, I think we're wired very similarly. To me, I would like to, th- I would like to think that it's the salt part because I, I I do enjoy you know learning and growing in my knowledge of who God is and every. But when I think about interacting with people, it's definitely the light part. Uh, you know when he talks about um, the the truth, but wrapped in grace or, or, or speaking the truth, but in love that idea. Yeah. Um, I definitely find it easier to, uh, lead with grace and love and, and some instances where a little more truth is probably needed. Um, but no, my default is definitely to lean to the light part, um, and try and avoid that confrontation. Like you were talking about my wife, uh, my wife will tell you, I'm, uh, I, I tend to lean towards giving people the benefit of the doubt, to a fault a lot of times and uh and yeah and thinking i love what you said because it it struck a chord with me well i'll just the way that i live my life well you know maybe that can help influence them and and help you know uh show them what what they might need to hear from god right now and that's it's easier for me and it's more comfortable so that's
1: where i lean to for sure yeah yeah i i obviously understand that you know the challenge with that, well, maybe the way I live will be the example they need. I have found that when I'm under pressure or when I'm squeezed by life, suddenly the salt shows up. Right. And now suddenly I am spewing truth yeah. and I'm like, listen, this is the way it is. Yeah, yeah. And then immediately that whole example thing is thrown yeah. out the door because yeah. now the, the light's not shining and the salt is too salty. Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah. It, it's I guess it's the best part of us and the worst part of us. Yeah. But thank God for His grace. Amen. Yeah. And,
2: and which is why I'm just captivated by Jesus because He was the master wow. at this, at, at <laughs> being able to speak truth when truth was needed and be confrontational at when confrontation was needed. But always doing it in a way, leading with love and leading with grace, and I don't know how he did it. I, you know, it's it's so it's difficult for me to do. Um, but I'm I'm I, like I said, I'm captivated when I read um, the examples of Jesus doing that and trying to learn how to do it myself.
1: Yeah, for sure. As a matter of fact, in in verse two of our passage for Sunday, Ephesians four. It, we're challenged with what does this look like right if we are going to be if we're going to be that's really the, the the word of the day right and not just do then what does the be look like well it's a list of kind of do's if you will so verse 2 says that we should always be humble and gentle we should be patient with each other that we should make allowance for each other's faults because of our love and so the being is going to be reflected by our doing and and you're you hit it right on. Jesus was a master at this, right? Every parable that Jesus told reflected this truth. You see Jesus interact with with the sinners of that day. I'm, I'm I can't help but always be reminded of the poor lady who was caught in the act of adultery and dragged dragged to the center of town with all of these men prepared to kill her because that's what the law said, right? I don't know where the guy was; but he was missing somehow, but the way Jesus handled that moment, right? He did not deny the truth. He didn't water down the truth, but the grace was such that I I have to believe she went away changed. And I I think we'll have an opportunity to meet her, quite frankly, in heaven because of Jesus's interaction there, right? Jesus could have just leaned on truth and said, you're right, guys. The law says this, you caught her. Let's, Let's do it. But yet he was the master at grace and truth. Amen. Yeah. Well, Joel also said Sunday that, you know, this oftentimes, even as a dad, I have been so guilty of this. If my children ever listen to this, they will be amening. They don't amen much necessarily when I speak, but they will be amening this point that I I was better at behavior modification mm-hmm. than sadly I was at heart transformation. And behavior modification is never long term. That's a confession on my part because as a, as a new dad, I'm learning the rules, right? I'm, I'm, I'm defaulting back to my it's easier to, to do and check off the boxes. And so, hey, they, these experts say do this, don't do that, and, and I got pretty good at that. But, man, eventually I had to remember, hey, it's not about the list of, of rules and the do's and don'ts. It's about capturing their hearts. And so I learned that later as a father, thankfully. But I have to ask the question, okay, it, even for Roy, Right, I, I've known Jesus for decades, and thankfully, a lot of the pre-Christ behavior that Roy suffered with is no longer, and I'm thankful for that. But it, it bears mentioning: is am I a better person? Or have I been transformed by Christ? And I don't want to just be a better person or a person that's just doing better things, right? Or fewer mm-hmm. wrong things. No, I want to be a person changed by God. I want Christ to transform me. And that's a that's a heart surgery or a heart transformation. Mm-hmm. It's not just a behavior modification. Because if it's just behavior modification, I can commit to being better on the road and having less road rage, if you will, but there's going to be a day where I'm running late, I'm not feeling as well, that things at home have just been stressing me out. Maybe one of my children has gotten in trouble. Maybe Leslie and I aren't getting along and you're gonna pull out in front of me on the wrong day and suddenly see that, oh wow, that was just behavior modification. He drove well yesterday, but today he's come unglued. Well, whereas if my heart has been transformed, circumstances don't move me, right? I am who I am. On the worst days as i am on the best days and listen i don't know that i'll ever arrive at that place perfectly i don't think i will i think the bible lets us know that it's it's at the very end right it's we're on this journey that is forevermore. in fact our ephesians uh, chapter 4 even talks about and, and joel made the point that hey listen we get in we commit and we never stop you never stop you never stop we're going to go into the fullness of maturity which will happen when christ returns but it's not behavior modification it's heart Transformation.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, I think even our passage on Sunday, right there at the beginning of Ephesians four, this is what Paul's talking about, where he says, "You know, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling." And when we a lot of times when we think of calling, the calling God on our life, we think of something we're supposed to do, right? And and a task that He has, or uh, whatever that we're an assignment. We think of things that we're supposed to go and do, and then He follows that up with the verse two that you read. And it's all about not things that we're supposed to do. He doesn't say, go act in humility towards people. He says, go be humble, go be gentle, go be patient. And Paul's telling us that's our that's our calling. That's our, the, the calling that Jesus has in our life is not just about going and doing certain things. It's about becoming that person, like you're talking about. It's about becoming that new creation, that transformed life. and it, And it's all about who we become, go always be humble, go be gentle, be patient with each other, um, and really focus on that. That's something that uh, I, I like that you mentioned about being a dad. You know, I, I'm a still a, a young dad. We've got three young children. And um, something that I was taught by some mentors of ours, um, it, it was this whole behavior modification versus heart transformation idea. Um, and that really uh, you know, we make the mistake, like you said, of trying to focus on changing the behavior um, without ever changing the heart. But if we'll do it the other way around, if we'll focus on if we can be OK with, uh, you know, our kids maybe stumbling through some of the behavior things. But we're it, it's it's while we're trying to capture and and transform their heart, then the behavior modification will follow mm. the heart transformation. Yes. And, and that will come um, if we can. And, and Paul's telling us and Jesus, that's what he focuses on. He's focused on our heart. And, you know, I I love it because Jesus is okay. You know, it's not that he's okay with my sin, but he's readily able to lead with that grace and forgive me when I fail, as long as my heart is seeking after him. And and as I continue to become more and more like him, the things in my life, the sin, the, the behaviors, those things will begin to transform and will begin to change to become more like him.
1: Amen. That's good stuff. I'm glad you were taught that as a young dad and and didn't have to learn it the hard way like <laughs> like I did. I needed that mentor in my life. But, you know, like all of Paul's writings, there's so much in them that we could pull out and talk about. And I, I want to maybe maybe our closing thought here is, you know, this is the, the passage where the famous uh, paragraph that he gave some to be, right? And he lists the offices of the church. And, and Joel talked about the, those uh, Sunday, you know, the pastor and the evangelist and the teacher, teacher and so forth. But then later in the, in the chapter, Paul points out that Christ is the head of the church. And then he uses this analogy, this metaphor that Paul often used and compared the church to a body, right? And where it's one body with many members. And in one verse in that passage, it says, every part does its share. And Joel pointed out, you know, hey, I have a part, but so do you. We all have a part. And I couldn't help think of this sort of word picture that if all of us, aside from Joel, refused to do our part and we just showed up one Sunday and we're looking forward to hearing Joel do do his part, right, to just preach the word. Well, it's kind of laughable because the first hurdle we would encounter is the building would be locked right? Because Joel doesn't unlock the building. That's not his part. And if we did get in the building, we would find that the lights would be all be off and the, the AC or heat would not be set properly because that's not Joel's part. Someone else does that, and and if we had to go to the restroom, we would find that it's filthy and that there's no toilet paper in the stall, and 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 kids would be running all throughout the building. Right? And all there's no the, coffee anywhere in, your, in the
2: building, which is the most important oh, part. Oh man! <laughs> hey, <for> Sunday
1: morning. <laughs> no coffee at church. <laughs> That's. Uh, I think the Bible talks about yeah. that, right? But that just shows you. That hey, it is. It's one body, but with many members, and that we all have a part to play. And yeah. so there's there's AV and kids and worship and the ushers and and the cafe team and the 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 host and the greeters. Man, that's what makes real life church special. It's because every person is doing his or her part, and that's just on a Sunday morning, right? This church is fully functioning seven days a week, as as we all know and and everybody in the church knows right if you pay attention to anything so it's it's not it's not a solo sport as Joel pointed out it's it's a team sport and we each have a part to play and the team will never be the team that it can be or the team that God wants it to be apart from every player if you will playing their part doing their part and so i'm i'm privileged to have one of those parts to play and it's an honor but I'm glad that Christ is the head of this church and that he's going to bring us to maturity, right? It's not our doing. He's making us into beers, more Christ-like, and it's then that we were able to be the salt and light that God's called us to be, and we'll see the world around us transformed.
2: Yeah, and I love the the last part of that verse that you shared about each, each part doing its own work. I think it was uh, chapter 4, verse 16. Um, I'm living. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, but I love where it says each part does its own special work, and it helps the other parts grow. In other words, when we do our part, we're not just do accomplishing our task. Doing our our part actually helps the other parts get better. You know, like coming and making coffee in the morning helps Pastor Joel bring the word better. You know, yeah. like it helps him do his part better. Yes. Um, it, 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 we're helping each other grow in what our gifting is and in what our part is and when we all do that it's not just about getting our part done it's about helping the whole body grow and then it says at the end of that verse uh so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love and there there's the that, that love again you know that comes back with the truth but when we all do our part we're helping each other grow and then as we help each other grow, we're all growing. And not just growing for the sake of growth, but growing to be healthy and growing and still being full of love. And um, it's just a beautiful reminder uh, of how important it is for each
1: of us to do our part. It's a beautiful thing to be a part of his church. He knows what he's doing. Uh, I'm blessed and you're blessed and we're all blessed to be used by him and to be a part of what he's doing on this earth. Well. Hey, everyone, thanks again for joining us today. I hope you have been blessed by Pastor Caleb and my time together here. Hey, if you're in the Las Cruces area, join us on Sundays at 9 and 1030, where we gather together as a church family, and we all do our part, and we often hear Pastor Joel do his wonderful part of sharing God's Word in a way that's relevant to our lives. We love you guys. God bless.
0: Well, thank you for joining us. It's because of you that this ministry is possible and allows us to continue to help bring the lost people that don't know Jesus Christ just one step closer to knowing who he is. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you share this with a couple friends? And, and by the way, don't forget to subscribe so that you're the first to know when brand new content begins to come out. Click the share buttons, post your social media, tag us at Get Real Life for more information please visit getreallife.org. Thanks again for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time.